90.3 KEXP online all over the world at kexp.org. You are listening to Audio Oasis, the Northwest Music Show. My name is Charlize. I'm your host, and it's now time for a performance by Natasha Cometo on KEXP.
Natasha Cometto on KEXP.
90.3 KEXP. You are listening to a performance by Natasha Cometo here on Audio Oasis. You just heard On a String. And before that, you heard Inevitable. And both of these songs come from the upcoming record that's not even out yet, titled Inevitable. And um, it's really cool that you debuted On a String here on KEXP. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, I realized that Inevitable was online on SoundCloud and listened to it. And I had to go back. You are so captivating with (laughs) your delivery of your music. I really just want to, like, go up to all these boys that I love or girls that I love, even my mother, and just, like, (laughs) my sister, and just, like, turn you on and be like, this is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Do you get it now? Do you understand? That's awesome. Yeah, you you have a very just personal way of just, like... Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is like for you what is that like for you to just um, I mean it just it feels like it there's a part of your heart that you're reaching that I don't think I've even reached yet um it's you know it wasn't the most natural thing in the world at first and then I I kind of um got to a place where I knew for me like as an artist I needed to start being really really like like brutally honest with what I was trying to say and I I know that for me as a fan of music I always appreciate when artists are giving that level of sincerity and so um yeah once I kind of broke through that to that place that it was like this is what I'm gonna do yeah it kind of became more of it now it feels weird to not do that (laughs) (laughs) not to be brutally honest Yeah. yeah so I read that um you're from Sacramento, mm-hmm. and that you moved to L.A., yeah. and then you started doing music in L.A., mm-hmm. and you were in bands before. Yeah. What kind of, you were in, like, every band, like rock bands, mm-hmm. blues, folk. Yeah. Do you remember the names of any of them? No, they were more, like, school bands, you know, like, you're, if the music school I was into is, like, everyone was in a million bands, so we didn't really, like, it was more like bands for uh, recitals or concerts for school related stuff oh, yeah. for better for a better lacking for a better term um but i backed up a lot of really cool people it was mainly like backup stuff and then the only thing i really sang lead on was a blues band that i really enjoyed cool so, yeah <laughs> so when you you were born into a musical family mm-hmm. what what did your family singing, playing instruments? What What was your family involved in? Yeah, uh, both my parents are professionals, so it was very much like a weekend warrior mm-hmm. situation. Um, um, although my dad is still in a couple bands that gig locally around Sacramento. It's pretty awesome. But um, it was more, um, my dad plays bass and guitar, and a little bit of piano, and he actually... Um, uh, I'm first generation on my dad's side, and he was uh, brought up playing accordion. So he taught me wow. a lot of piano in yeah. that. And then um, my mom was a singer, and we always sang together. And you know, she taught me a lot about singing. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have an, one older brother. And Does uh, he make music? Um, he dabbles with making beats on like an MPC. He's like a total cool. pop head. So he kept me kind of. Actually, he kind of helped me get into wanting to do more of this kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. So did you, I read that you, you played music, you played your music for your friends and your friends were like, you should play this out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Did you, did you think that it would develop into something like this? And did you plan on becoming a full-time musician? You're a full-time musician, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, I 
think when I was when I moved to LA, it was very much a desire of mine, and then I kind of um, witnessed through school what uh, the majority of the industry is like. And I think when I moved to Portland, um, it was definitely more on a level of trying to make it an artistic endeavor. And then whatever happened with it happened with it. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to make a living doing that. Um, But yeah, this kind of turned out to be what I needed to be doing all along, which was cool. Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of unexpected, but at the same time, I've always dreamed of it. Yeah. So. So you had a big year last year. Yeah. Crisis was huge. Yeah. And um, you got some attention from someone in particular, Mm -hmm. uh, Dave Sytek from TV on the radio. Yeah. And you actually just finished a 14-day tour. I did. With them, opening for them. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, how many, like, what were the shows, like, huge? Yeah, they were, like, a thousand cap rooms all sold out because, obviously, they crush it and they yeah. have very dedicated fans. So, how, it was, yeah, it was really awesome. How amazing to see TV on the radio, like, <laughs> for two times. weeks. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, they they rock. Did you have places in particular that you loved playing? Um, highlights for me... Um, the first show we played on the West Coast Lake that I played with them was uh, in Big Sur, um, which is actually a really tiny little venue um, at the um, Henry Miller Library. It's like this beautiful um, set in the woods venue. It's like I think it's like 300 cap kind of thing. So it felt like someone's cool, really cool backyard awesome. in the woods and it was like right on the ocean. So that was a really magical feeling. And then um, D.C. was actually one of my favorite shows. Cool. It was like... People sometimes when you're opening for a band that big, you know, for the opener, people aren't super hyped up. They're, you know, just kind of kind of politely watch or some people get into it. But D.C., I felt the momentum and the energy of the entire crowd, which was really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, So how did you and Dave decide to work together? Um, He hit me up on Twitter randomly one day. You were very responsive on Twitter. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I was. Um. Yeah, he uh, he direct messaged me. Well, he started following me, which I was like, well, this is crazy. I don't know if this is like actually what's happening. And then um, he direct messaged me and was like, hey, let's get on the phone. And I was like, had to take a few deep breaths, calm yeah. down, and then get on the phone with him. And uh, he was like, I heard you on satellite radio in my Jeep and couldn't believe that I didn't know who you were. And then looked at your profile and was like, how come this isn't huge? And he's like was just like, I want to help you in whatever way I can. And then he started talking to me about Federal Prism, his label, and how they could put you know put out a record with me and we could work together on that. And then, yeah, he was, um, the thing, the hugest thing for me is that he was like, I don't want to lay hands on this as a producer at all. I just want to promote it. So yeah. feel free to use whatever resources I have and make the best thing possible. So, so the difference between crisis and inevitable is inevitable or crisis was recorded. Like you record, you recorded crisis at your house, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And inevitable was in a studio. So it has a bigger sound. I think that's what I read. Yeah. I, I, I did the majority of the writing and, and the tracking um, still at home. And then I, what I recorded in Dave's studio was uh, vocals and then I actually had access to um, his mix engineer, which helped me make the mixes a little bit because I'm, I'm no engineer. I just kind of was doing it out of necessity. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we kind of were able to put that sort of polish on it from there. Do you feel like Inevitable is a better record than Crisis? Um, 
No, <laughs> not necessarily. I don't think it's worse. I mean, I guess it's it's a movement forward mm-hmm. for me, but I still love Crisis, which is crazy because I've never really liked anything I've put out after I put it out. Really? Yeah. I mean, my stuff before it was like, okay, that was okay. But I can still listen to Crisis and be like, oh, I actually really like <laughs> what I did here. Yeah. Um, I think Inevitable is just like an evolution, I guess I would say. I wouldn't say it's better or worse. Um, it just has a, it's all vocal tracks. There's no instrumentals the way that crisis kind of had like a conceptual vibe i feel like inevitable has a concept but um it's just a little bit more track driven and song driven if that makes sense cool you have a couple more songs i do awesome natasha cometo on kexp Taking on tonight 
You're listening to Natasha Cometo on KEXP. I'm drunk. This is the 
You've been listening to a performance by Natasha Kometo here on Audio Oasis. You just heard a Nine Inch Nails cover of The Only Time and Take Out, which is from the album Crisis that was released last year. I love the uh, Natasha Kometo um, take on covers. You've, <laughs> you've done a couple. Yeah. Yeah, it's really great. What inspires you to do covers? <sighs> the, you know, it's funny because I'm prompted to do a lot more than I feel like I end up doing and the song has to feel right yeah and um not gimmicky yeah and like emotionally in concert with what I'm trying to do so I mean I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan obviously so yeah. um that was an easy thing but actually a good friend of mine suggested covering because that's a b-side um but he was like I think you would kill this song and yeah I tried it out and it felt good and I actually started playing it out on the East Coast leg of the TV tour. I was going to ask. It went really well. So so um, you have Inevitable that's going to be coming out. Yep. But you're already working on another album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm already am. <laughs> How does that work? Um, I feel like to always to be constantly creating is probably the best way to do it, especially yeah. these days when... I feel like um, I feel like back in the day you could put out a record and sort of tour on it for a year and chill and then maybe reapproach writing a new record. Whereas I feel like you need more of a constant stream of content now for people to stay engaged. Keeps you I busy. To, I hate to put it that way, but yeah. <laughs> Do you did you write on the road um, when you were TV on the radio? I brainstormed and did like little voice memos and stuff of ideas, but um, I usually write best when I'm at home and centered and relaxed and can have a cup of coffee yeah and, you know <laughs> i know that you really enjoy working alone i do yeah did has anyone ever like given you feedback and you're like no um don't. it's it's not so much about feedback i've actually started working with a lot more people this mm-hmm. past year so that's good start collaborating a lot more um and i'm starting to uh get more into writing for other people and getting you into that avenue for anyone that you can tell us no <laughs> not yet but um i um i mean i i think for this project i want to keep it pretty solo just because i feel like getting back to what we were talking about with it being a really honest expression and a true expression if, yeah. if anyone else enters in that turns into another thing which is not to say it's a bad thing but i just feel like in order for me to feel like it's all coming for me it needs to all come from me yeah. So I think it, with collaborative things, it'd probably fall under a different moniker, mm-hmm. probably. And speaking of that, you have recently started DJing. Yeah. DJ Gigs uh-huh. is your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you play? <laughs> um, I play mostly just, a, I, it's actually all, all over the place. It's mainly electronic and stuff that's inspiring me. And I'm, for the most part, into really into house and techno and garage. So it leans cool. more to that. But I've been getting more into... To grime and I love I love footwork still and drum and bass so mm-hmm. kind of like to do like a poly genre type of thing um I, I've actually been DJing for a while I just I DJed under my name and then people would be kind of confused when mm-hmm. they'd come to see me DJ and be like why aren't you singing and I'm like it's a different thing so my, me and my managers decided it was probably a better idea to split the two can I ask why you laughed at your DJ name <laughs> it's I mean, because it's it's kind of ironic. It's I I was like I'm seeking a way to differentiate my DJ gigs from my live gigs, and then one of my friends is like, "What about DJ gigs?" <laughs> it's like that <laughs> works makes sense. <laughs> to the point. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel differently when you're performing as a DJ than when you're performing? Absolutely. 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, a little more free form. Um, I mean, I'm pretty pretty stuck in my set and what I'm. I have a limited group of songs to pick from when I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, before earlier in my career, I think I was doing more hybrid sets. I was doing like live PA and then mixing in like loops and of and samples of other people's stuff. Whereas now, my live set is. Um, 100% my own content. So um, it's just been a nice way to differentiate two things that I'm passionate about. And I feel like DJing keeps me um, in the loop sort of on new music too, which is great. Well, you're a cap- captivating performer. So <laughs> look forward to seeing you DJ. Yeah, I'm still dancing up there. I'm just not singing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 2015, mm-hmm. any idea when the album's coming out? Spring spring is the most i can narrow it down probably april but nothing in stone yet and then you have south by southwest coming up yeah cool yeah and um anything else um any other tours besides that I, I mean i'm definitely trying to get to europe this year so that's a big goal. have you ever been I haven't yeah you need so, to go yeah it's <laughs> time that is a big goal of mine this year so we're gonna try to make that happen you're brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This is I really appreciate awesome. That. Really love having you on the show. I'm so happy to be here and I love KEXP. So we love you too. <laughs> You've been listening to a live performance by Natasha Cometo on Audio Oasis on KEXP.